0: I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one time with teachers. With class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one help a lot of students
1: need. A 12-to-1 student-to-faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. Uh, John Breach, not arrogant, uh, and his record is impeccable. Uh, And he joins us from the Pick 6 podcast and CBSSports.com. Talk about the trade deadline. But let's start with what happened uh, in Las Vegas last night. Apparently, uh, Josh rolled snake eyes, and he's out. Uh, I mean, it's kind of early. It's just halfway through the season. But what do you think? Yeah, this is a wild move. I mean, I... I I'm not surprised, I guess,
0: that Josh McDaniels got fired. I think everybody's been talking really all season about how he's been on the hot seat and how bad that offense has looked. But I was totally shocked by the timing of this. I mean, who was answering the phones yesterday during the trade deadline when teams were trying to make a trade when you have Dave Ziegler, the general manager being fired, Josh McDaniels being fired. And then you have, you have the team coming off a Monday night game. So they're flying all the way home from Detroit. They probably don't get home till early Tuesday morning and then you're you're just it's a short week. I mean, it's just bizarre timing. I think that was the most most shocking part. But you look at the Raiders, their offense has just been so terrible this season. I think they were 29th in points scored. They had the worst rushing game in the NFL and the first team since 2009 that didn't score at least 20 points in their first 8 games. I mean, the embarrassing numbers just kept piling up and at some point uh, you know you're going to pull the trigger, and that's what Mark
1: Davis did. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Josh McDaniels has not distinguished himself in either of his spots as head coach. He didn't do that in Denver, and he didn't do that in Las Vegas. Uh, like again, um, the Bill Belichick coaching tree not uh, not covering itself in glory. No,
0: no, that thing is on fire, and <laughs> it is just falling apart. It is crazy how. You do have these coaching trees, whether it's Shanahan or uh, even John Gruden to some extent, Bill Parcells. All these great coaches have produced other great coaches, but not Bill Belichick. It's just the Patriot way only worked in New England and only when Tom Brady was there. Doesn't work <laughs> for anyone else. But yeah, this is definitely does not reflect well on uh, the Belichick
1: coaching tree. I, I smell a poll. A poll question: Who is the best former Bill Belichick? Uh, assistant as a head coach, and I'm not sure the answer isn't Eric Mangini. Yeah, it might be Mangini.
0: I guess you may. Or Charlie Weiss. Bill O'Brien in there? I don't know. Are we only counting their NFL career or their uh, college careers?
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. We have to. We, we might have to just throw it open for uh, for everything. Um, Bill might Bill <laughs> might
0: throw Nick Saban in there just because he was his huh? defensive coordinator in Cleveland. But obviously, Saban didn't do anything in the NFL. All his success was in college.
1: That's that's a very good point. He was he was the DC in Cleveland. That was a pretty good coaching staff. Uh, John Breach, CBS Pick Six Podcast, uh, Super Friend. All right. Um, I want to start with the Panthers. In my opinion, they are a minimum of two years away from being relevant. Uh, not not just to win the division, because the division can be won by anybody with an eight and nine record if the division is bad enough. And frankly, eight and nine might win the NFC South this year. But in terms of being, you know, a team that could be a top four team in your conference, I mean, they are two full drafts away and smart free agent signings and getting lucky. Uh, from being one of those teams, why didn't they make any moves at the deadline? Yeah, that's a great question, Adam. It,
0: it, it's almost like and the Bears, I think, were a great example of this. Why are they trading for Montez Sweat? It doesn't make any sense. You texted me about this. And I was like, I can't respond because we need to talk about it in the radio show. And it's like some teams don't understand how the buyers and sellers things work. If you're a bad team and you need to build for the future, you need to be selling. So you either need to be uh, trading your assets away. Uh, You probably shouldn't be sitting still. And, uh, you know, if the Panthers were, I don't know, even three wins at this point, maybe two wins, you you still feel like you have a good shot at winning the division. And I could understand standing Pat, but it's just, I don't know why this team isn't building for the future. It's a great question. I don't run the Panthers. uh, But if I did, I probably would have sniffed around. I wouldn't have been afraid to make a few deals, um, and, and like you said, this team—they're not a player away. They're about eight players away from being three players away. So it's just—they it, it, should always be in the mindset of let's build for the future because that's when this team's success is going to come. If it comes, it's going to be like you said, uh, two or three years down the road.
1: Yeah, it's funny. There was a—I forget who said it. They're two years away from being two years away. Or they—it might have been said about a player. But, yes, look, I think they've got the quarterback right. I actually think Bryce Young, and I think he's been building to it, uh, in spite of all the people who said the Panthers lost the draft uh, heading into this week because C.J. Stroud has played very well. Um, you know, Bryce Young outplayed C.J. Stroud, but it was really kind of a pillow fight. Uh, but I I like Bryce Young. I think he's going to be fine. They But they need probably four offensive linemen, three wide receivers, a running back, uh, two tight ends, and then they need depth on defense. Other than that... Uh, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Um, but they don't have draft capital. They don't have a they don't have a first round pick next year. They don't have a second round pick the following year. This would have been a really good time to kind of replenish those things, but uh, they chose not to. You mentioned the Bears. So last year they traded a second round pick to get Chase Claypool, and then they basically dumped him to Miami for a seventh. That's Smart business right there. And then they just traded another second round pick to get a guy that if they want to keep, and I think Montez Sweat's a good player, but if they want to keep him, it's going to cost them, I don't know, between 15 and $20 million uh, to pay him. Why did they do that? Adam Golden Studio with my man coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know?
0: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It it just seems like the Bears don't understand how the trade deadline works. It's, hey, look, you don't need to be giving away your second-round picks. You're a team that needs to be building for the future. And when you're talking about specifically about Montez Sweat, He's someone who's going to be a free agent yeah. at the end of the season. If you want him, you sign him in March. You don't give a second-round pickup up the, a, a key second-round pick because it's going to be a high one because you're a bad team. I mean, this could be the 35th overall pick in the draft that you gave up for someone you might only have for nine games if you can't get him under contract in March because if you're Montez Sweat, why would you want to p- play for the Bears uh, I guess unless they franchise tag them, but then you only have them for one more year guaranteed. And even then you're giving away a second round pick for someone you might only have for one and a half years. So really there are not a lot of ways where this deal made sense but maybe that's why the bears have been bad for so long Is just because the people at the top of the organization keep making decisions like this this makes sense if you're the 49ers and you make a trade for chase young you're right. a super bowl contender you feel like you're a player away that makes total sense it doesn't make sense for a two and six team that's going nowhere uh, to be giving up second round picks for anyone before the trade deadline
1: no and uh montez sweat if you say it's a it could be pick number 35 montez sweat isn't worth the number 35 Picking the draft, of, you know, four years into his NFL career, so that doesn't make any sense. But I do think this was a good. It was a good day for Washington because they get a second and a third. They get some draft capital, and it was clear that they were going to let those guys go, and that's cool. And it's also uh, maybe a good day for my friend James Smith Williams, uh, who played at NC State and was a seventh round pick by Washington a bunch of years ago, uh, because Washington's got a pretty good defensive line. Anyway, what was the best move, John Breach, that was made at the trade deadline yesterday?
0: I would say, all right, so that eliminates Leonard Williams' trade on Monday. I really right. like that one because I think the Seahawks, or, 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 that defense is already good. And now they're going to be even better with Leonard Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Brazul Douglas to the Bills, uh, yeah. and only because... They were just, you know, Tredavious Wake got injured. He's done for the season. So you're talking about, and they've been dealing with injuries at all levels of that defense, Matt Milano uh, getting injured, Quan Jones getting injured. And so it really felt like that was one team that had to make a deal and it had to be a defensive player. And that was a trade that came in right in under the gun. I'm sure Bill's fans were panicking, thinking, Brandon, Bean, are you serious? You're not going to make a deal with all these injuries we're dealing with. And, and and, was Douglas has looked really good this year. And I think that was something that the Bills absolutely had to do. And then obviously, you know, we mentioned Chase Young. That's a huge one. Uh, but if we'll see if Chase Young can actually help the 49ers stop the run because that was one of their bigger mm-hmm. issues. And that's not something that he, you know, he's a good pass rusher, but, you know, they still need to figure out how to stop the run. We'll see if that helps.
1: Two quick things before I let John Breach go. Uh, one, the 49ers have lost three in a row. Um, what the, what's the biggest factor in that three-game losing streak? Well,
0: I, I think that, obviously, Brock Purdy uh melting down in the fourth quarter of these losses. We saw the Vikings with a couple turnovers mm-hmm. and the Bengals a couple turnovers. You can't have that from your starting quarterback. But I think the biggest factor is that, look, your starting left tackle is out, Trent yep. Williams. Debo <laughs> Samuel, and this, I think we're finding out how valuable he is that offense, why the 49ers paid him? because I think people were thinking uh, they have Brandon Ayuk, who's putting up these huge numbers. Debo Samuel does a good job of just spreading out the defense. Cause you have to know where he is on the field. Uh, Shanahan lo- loves running reverses to him, running these sweeps and he just opens things up for that offense. So I think once they get those two guys back, they will be a lot better. So if I'm a 49ers fan, I am not panicking unless we start losing with, Debo and Trent Williams back in the lineup.
1: And why didn't the chiefs go after uh, Devonte Adams?
0: Uh, maybe they did. I mean, clearly Dave Ziggler wasn't answering his phone and Josh <laughs> McHale wasn't answering his phone. So I, you know, to that point though, I am surprised the chiefs didn't sniff around for a receiver um, you know, uh, there's gotta be someone you can call out there that would say, Hey, look, we don't need this guy. Maybe you call the Panthers. Maybe you try to make a, a deal there. And, and so it is surprising that the chiefs didn't trade for anyone. I, I guess that means they're comfortable with their receiving core. Mm. And obviously they made a deal for me. Hardman a couple weeks ago. And, and so they feel that, Hey, look, we'll get him back in this offense. Once he gets going, we'll be good. So yeah, I was surprised the chiefs did not make a deal, but you know, the chiefs, won the Super Bowl last year, and for whatever reason, their decisions seemed to work out bad or good. So I am not—I don't feel like I can really question them right now.
1: John Breach, Pick 6 Podcast Superfriend, CBSSports.com. I appreciate your time, man. Yep, thanks, Adam. You got it.
0: So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take. But also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name.
1: To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.